Hello, listeners, and welcome to Digital Buzz Radio, the podcast of the Georgetown ISD Digital Learning Team, where we are navigating innovation with you. Hey, listeners. Welcome to the May 2022 episode of Digital Buzz Radio. I'm Amy Heil, and I'm here today with fellow digital learning coaches, Heather Solis. Hi. Sandy Kendall. Hey there. And we have a special guest joining today, Marcy Lindsay. Today, we are going to talk about summer professional learning. Oh my gosh, Amy, I can't believe it's summer already. Um, Right? But I will say, my favorite thing about summer is all of the different ways that teachers can rejuvenate and refresh through their own learning. So I'm excited to be talking about ideas for summer professional learning today. And I know we're going to have some different things that we're talking about. And Heather has a little more to say about that. Yes. You know, as an educator, it's just nice to actually have time to learn without, you know, the day-to-day demands of the school year. There's always so much going on. And that's one of the things I love about summer is that just that time to focus on things that really interest you and that you know will have an impact on your student learning in your classroom. So like Sandy mentioned, today we're going to be talking about some of our digital learning team resources. We're also going to talk about a professional learning session that we are offering. And then we also wanted to talk to you about or with you about ways to utilize a professional learning network or a PLN. And Sandy, I'm going to jump in real quick before you talk because I Uh thought of something while Heather was um, speaking just now. And that is the fact that I feel like as educators, we have a very unique opportunity in our career to actually have this time to really dig into learning and grow as professionals. You know, not every career has this um, extra kind of time built in to the year where they really get to just focus on growing in their craft. True. Very true. I love that you pointed that out, Amy. We I think we take that for granted sometimes. Mm, yes. uh, not everybody gets to do that. So. Right. so let's move right on ahead to our first segment, which is going to be with Marcy Lindsay. On today's episode, Marcy is going to tell us about some exciting summer professional learning that our digital learning team is offering. So Marcy, could you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? We're so glad you're here. Sure. I'm Marcy Lindsay, and I'm a digital learning coach for Pearl Elementary and Wolf Ranch Elementary and Richarte High School. So this summer, the digital learning team is creating a professional learning session centered around impactful technology use in the classroom. Can you tell us a little bit more about what impactful technology use is? Yeah, so um, as our team, some of our team members were working through the Google Certified Coaching Program, um, it's come up in those modules, and it's a really interesting way to think about reflecting on your student use of technology in the classroom, as well as plan a path for growth going forward. And so there are five strands that go with this. And just a side note, it was developed, this impactful technology use rubric was developed by the Dynamic Learning Project. 
and it's it's research based. There's six strands actually, and the first one is collaboration, and the second one's communication, creativity, and innovation, critical thinking, agency, and then there's a sixth one that is selecting relevant technology tools. So if you can kind of think about the the four C's we used to always call them, it's like the four C's plus agency and selecting tools. And so those are the pillars that represent this impactful technology use rubric. I love that. And so thinking a little bit about how you just described that, it's really a tool that can help teachers really kind of transform how technology is used in the classroom. So why would it be helpful for teachers to learn more about impactful technology use? What benefits does it have for teachers and students? Well, there's a rubric that goes with it. And thinking about a rubric, it kind of is a way to assess or reflect on your practice or your learning. And so this would help teachers think about how their students are using technology in the classroom and what they're using it for. And also decide on where they fall, how well they're doing, and what they can improve on and help teachers also decide what they would like their students to be doing. And, it, and it's kind of a guide for creating or designing work for students. So it's, it's really student-centered, and it's about what students are doing, what kind of work they're completing I love that. I love that it's about what the students are doing, because a lot of times we think about as the teacher, what do I have to do to get technology into this, my students' hands or their work or whatever? But this is really focused about what they're doing, not necessarily the tool they're using or what they're going to use to do it, but what they're actually doing. And, and that's, that's really helpful. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's kind of a different spin because it's educators, we're always thinking about what we're doing. How are we going to design a lesson? What digital tools are we going to leverage? But it kind of makes us, it puts a spin on it so that now we're thinking about what are the students actually doing? Are they working on engaging work and what kind of tools are they using and how often are they using them? I also love how when you look at the impactful technology use rubric, a lot of those strands align perfectly with our district's learner profile traits. So the collaboration, the communication, the creativity, critical thinking, all of those are words that are part of our GISD learner profile. And I think that, you know, the really great thing is this rubric you're talking about, we'll have to put that on our blog post this episode. But I think that's the great thing is as a rubric, it also helps the teacher identify like what does that look like for the students? So that helps, you know, the teachers know how to facilitate that and how to integrate that technology and make it impactful in their classroom. Absolutely. So this sounds really exciting. I am looking forward to focusing on what student technology use looks like, that they're using it to create and to critically assess what they're learning rather than just watching a video or doing something and not thinking about it, just digging deeper. Marcy, when and how are these sessions going to be offered? And do you have any suggestions for which session a teacher should decide to take? Because 
we are splitting it up into the the critical thinking, the collaboration, communication, creativity, and agency. So those are kind of the five topics. How how could a teacher think about the which session or sessions to enroll in? Two things. One, I love that you said that you're excited about students creating. A lot of times our students are consuming right now, and I know we talk about this a lot, but this rubric helps you take your student technology use to the next level. So instead of just consuming, they're going to be actively creating. And yes, we're offering five sessions. They're going to be asynchronous, so you can take them online from anywhere you want. And you just mentioned the five different sessions. One is critical thinking, one is collaboration, one is communication, one is creativity and agency. And so as you're reflecting on the work your students are doing, I would just choose one based on an area that you would like to see some growth in. So, you know, when we design, we might look at a web of activities that our students are going to be doing during a specific unit. And so if there's an area that you feel like you really haven't explored or one that you have an interest in exploring, I would choose that session to start with. And I've noticed already that we have a couple of teachers that have chosen to sign up for more than one of them, which is totally fine. So we have, we have that option. You'll be working through a Google Classroom of activities. You're going to be ending up designing an experience for your students that goes with a, a unit that you'll be teaching next year. But we also, in addition to those asynchronous on your own, you know, work from your own house sessions, we are offering an in-person session. And in that session, you'll be able to, again, kind of reorganize a unit and choose one of these pillars that you think you could design some engaging work around. And you would be doing that in person with some of the DLCs. And so, you know, you would come with a unit that you would like to reflect on and make some changes based on some of these um, different models. You might then work with some DLCs on one of these specific pillars to redesign part of your unit for next fall or spring, whenever you're going to do it. Marcy, is, are these experiences geared more toward elementary or secondary? What is really cool about this is it, it can scale from, you know, K, pre-K to 12th grade. You're going to think about your own curriculum and your own content that you have in your units. And then you can really design and incorporate any of these pillars into that level. So it can be any content area and it can be really any grade level. Of course, you know, the activities are going to look different, but I feel like any level teacher and any type of content teacher could benefit from these sessions. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. So I don't think we have any other questions for you, Marcy. Is there anything else that you think that our listeners need to know about or anything else you want to tell us about when it comes to impactful technology use? Well, as far as the sessions go, in addition to the five online modules and the one in person, if you wanted to come in person and, and kind of go through some coaching with the DLC, 
we do have a follow-up, just an open gem. So if you are able to get started and are working on redesigning a unit or incorporating some of these um, strands into your unit, you can come back and you'll have some DLCs there to kind of, you know, as support, as a resource, somebody to kind of brainstorm with or coach you through some difficult spots. So we do have that offering as well. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today, Marcy. We appreciate you being here. Sure. It was fun. Thanks. All right. So another way that you can engage in professional learning this summer is through a PLN or professional learning network. So many of you might be asking, what is a PLN? So when searching the internet to get a good definition for a prof professional learning network, I came across a site called ICSEI.net. ICSEI stands for the International Congress for School Effectiveness and Improvement. And the following was their definition of a professional learning network, which I really liked. And they took their definition from a book titled Networks for Learning, Effective Collaboration for Teacher, School, and System Improvement by Brown and Portman. So their definition says, for us, the term professional learning network or a PLN represents any group who engages in collaborative learning with others outside of their everyday community of practice with the ultimate aim of improving outcomes for children. So I really like that. I felt like that was a nice, good, clear definition of what a PLN is. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah, that was good, Amy. And I think that is a really good definition. I'd just like to jump in here and, and explain a little bit about the way I developed a PLN. And I did mine through Twitter. Now, I've been doing it for a few years. And, and so Twitter was a little less known and less used when I first started. And when I talk to people about it today, some of them are like, I don't even want to go near Twitter. It's too political. There's too many, you know, rants on there and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. If you are careful about who you follow, and if you use a few education-related hashtags to search Twitter and find the people who are talking about education-related things, Twitter is not the horrible, you know, loud, everyone's just yelling their opinions at you place that it can be. Uh, you really can curate your Twitter experience. So, for example, hashtags, you've seen them all the time. You see them like in the corner of television shows when, you know, we're all watching uh, This Is Us right now. And so there's a hashtag, This Is Us, so that you can get on Twitter and talk about it. It has that number or pound sign in front of it. So for example, if you're on Twitter, if you search, go to the Twitter search box and search hashtag NT, the number two and T, and we'll post all these in our blog post too, but NT2T, that's new teacher chat. So teachers who are newer to the profession can go to that chat um, and go to that hashtag rather. And most of the tweets relate there will relate to, to teachers who are new and or people who are interested in mentoring them. So I've watched this uh, hashtag before and it's really cool because there's um, a lot of working to make new teachers comfortable. 
And then there's another one called, um, you put the hashtag in front of it, and it's OK, the number two, ask. So when you read it all together, it says OK to ask. And this is described as a friendly chat with lots of classroom resources shared. So it's just a place where you can ask questions or where others are sharing things that they found. And then a few others that you might want to look at. Hashtag DigCit, D-I-G-C-I-T for digital citizenship. Hashtag EdChat, E-D-C-H-A-T. And that is one that's been around for years and it's very reliable and they talk about big ideas in education. So it may not be something specific that you can implement in your classroom at that moment, but it's something in the larger um, discourse about education that can just make you think about your practice and how it impacts others and, and all that kind of thing. Um, hashtag ditch book, D-I-T-C-H-B-O-O-K. Uh, if you've ever seen those Ditch That Textbook books by Matt Miller, people involved in those books and the way of teaching post to that hashtag. And then hashtag TLAP, T-L-A-P, which stands for Teach Like a Pirate. That's another series of books that a lot of teachers have read by Dave Burgess and others, is another one where people are just sharing lots of educational ideas. And they're not all ed tech. They, they might be you know, ideas about writing or whatever. And what you do as you search these hashtags, you see the people who are consistently adding good content and you follow those people and then you start to grow your profession, your professional learning network. And so I've met a lot of people that I've never met face to face, but people I can tweet at now and say, hey, what are you doing with this in your district? Or does anyone have any ideas for this? It takes some time to build up, but even while you're building, you're learning from the tweets that you're finding. So that's how I got started on my professional learning network. And I know Heather has also been a PLN builder for a while. And you want to tell us a little bit about what you've yes. used and, and how you've learned, Heather? Yes. Yeah, so my PLN also includes just people that I follow on Twitter, like authors or fellow educators. And I just tend to, uh, and also like groups like Flipgrid or Wakelet or Seesaw. And um, I think the good thing about those is I can find some inspiration or I can learn different tips and tricks or features, like for example, new features on Flipgrid and how to use those. And so, um, and then from that, I also see people who maybe repost their, their uh, tweets and, or maybe that's not repost, I'm sorry, retweet their um, <laughs> tweets. And so, I don't know, you just start to see people who inspire you or you're consistently finding really great, helpful information. And so I tend to follow those people to um, have them come up and I can see what they are recommending. In fact, that's actually how I found my job here in Georgetown ISD. Um, it was Sandy. Sandy had tweeted about the opening, opening for a digital learning coach. And um, so, of course, I thought, well, that was a job that was just, I was made for that job or that job was made for me, one of the two. But um, then I went and I looked also like at Sandy's Twitter uh, page or whatever, however you describe it. It's probably not a page, but, um, and I looked at the things she tweeted and things that were, I saw the people who worked in Georgetown believed a lot of the same things that I did and, and, and were interested in a lot of the same things that I was interested in. And so I thought this might actually be a good fit for me. And so that's why I applied. 
Um, but another thing is there's lots of different social media outlets and you can also follow educators and hashtags on Instagram. And of course, TikTok, there's teacher talk. And um, I know I, I probably do well with that because I have like that one to three minute attention span. So if you're like me, then you might want to check that out as well. Cool. I love um, every time you tell that story that that's how you found out we had an opening in Georgetown and then you applied for it. It, it gives me goosebumps because <laughs> you just don't realize because, well, number one, we love having you on our team, of course, Thank but you. it also makes you realize you just, you just don't realize how like something as little as that can impact, like it's impacted our team. It's impacted our teachers, our students, because I was like, hey, who's out there and who's, you know, on the Twitters and interested in learning more? Because one of the things I thought of sending that out is if someone sees this and applies because of it, that tells me that they're, you know, really a connector. And I love working with connectors because I'm a connector. So but we are not, we're really not like encouraging people to go and find your next career. But hey, no, I mean, we're not know, trying to get rid of y'all. No, 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 but, no. Um, a lot of good thing can, things can come from social media. Yeah, <laughs> other types of opportunities like participating in sometimes a conference, you can't physically go to mm -hmm. it, but people will be tweeting about it and you can still get the resources and learn and all that kind of stuff. So we're not telling anyone to run away. No. Um, however, if you're listening to this and you're an amazing educator and you want to come work with us in Georgetown, www.georgetownic.org. <laughs> yes. Well, and like another thing, you can also win things. Yes. <laughs> um, I participated in something that was called hashtag doodle chat. And it was just add a template to this slide deck. So everyone's contributing and sharing a slide deck with great ideas. And because I contributed, I ended up winning a book that was all about sketchnoting. And so sometimes there's really opportunities to, you know, learn, share with others um, in the process. Very cool. Very cool. Wonderful. Well, I don't think we can wrap up this podcast until we talk a little bit about some of our GISD digital learning resources that we have been developing. For so sure. our um, digital learning team has been curating resources throughout this entire school year. And we hope that many of you are able to spend some time digging through these resources this summer. Um, you never know, you may find a hidden treasure or an idea that you're excited to implement in your classroom next year. So our Digital Learning Innovation Hub is the name of our webpage and it houses all of our resources in one place. And you can get to our website by going to www.georgetownisd.org forward slash digital learning. So that's www.georgetownisd.org forward slash D-I-G-I-T-A-L L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G. And in the center of our webpage, there is a list of digital learning resources, and you can easily navigate to our blog, our podcast, and our YouTube. So whether you want to listen, read, or watch some of your professional learning this summer, we got you covered. Thank you, Amy. Sure. Well, listeners, 
That brings us to the end of today's episode, and we really hope you enjoyed listening. And we also hope that you have a really restful and relaxing summer. Be sure to check out our blog post at bit.ly forward slash GISD blog. That's all lowercase B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash G-I-S-D D-L-B-L-O-G for resources discussed in today's episode. We'll catch you next time on the next episode of Digital Buzz Radio. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Digital Buzz Radio. This podcast is a production of the Georgetown ISD Digital Learning Team. Music titled Innovation by John Yasut, obtained from Pixabay under a license for non-commercial use. We invite you to subscribe to Digital Buzz Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Anchor. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GISD DigiLearn. That's GISD D-I-G-I-L-E-A-R-N. We look forward to you joining us next time for the latest buzz about all things digital learning.